From Kroll, you're listening to the Security Concepts Podcast, the podcast where Kroll brings in our practitioners and partners to discuss risk in all its forms. On episode 18, we are bringing in two regulars, Matthew Dumpert and Nick Doyle, to chat about some early lessons learned while helping our clients prepare for and respond to business continuity and employee safety impacts resulting from the current conditions in Ukraine. Many companies with robust supply chain and business continuity controls in place still found themselves tested by largely unprecedented occurrences not foreseen in their plans. We've routinely found that the companies with the most proactive approach to both testing their programs and gathering data to be the best prepared to respond to the unexpected. Matt and Nick, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jeff, and uh, pleased to be on with you. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, happy to be talking with you and, and, and Nick on this topic. Great, great. I, I want to dive right in with, with what I think is a very important aspect of this. And we'll start with one of the largest needs we've seen from our clients, and that being the need for current, vetted, and focused information. I've seen some samples of the daily updates Kroll has been producing. Can you briefly go over the data gathering process and the content going into those documents? Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Yeah, it's it's uh, been a really busy few months. Uh especially responding to our clients that, are, that have operations in Ukraine or had operations in Ukraine, but also for clients that have got operations on the countries on the outside of Ukraine, such as Hungary, Poland, and Romania, because anything that's happening in Ukraine is going to affect those countries. So it's key that clients with business operations in that region understand the impacts of this war. And actually, before the war actually started, or the invasion started, about what those impacts could be, because this helps uh, clients anticipate the problems that may occur, and in terms of actually the information we're, we're gathering for these uh, for these clients, you know, we're looking at setting a risk picture, which is an important thing. And part of setting that risk picture is understanding the triggers that they may need to uh, identify to make informed decisions. So we're working on a pretty much a traffic light system where uh, we identify triggers and how much they've been impacted at that time, and that helps clients make those informed decisions, and we're looking at military risks, we're looking at geopolitical risks, we're looking at diplomatic areas, what's being discussed. We're covering the whole spectrum of risk management and, and understanding that data and analysing that data and then putting it out in a very compact report that clients can understand. But importantly, after that report, is we're, we're, we're attending crisis management meetings where clients have the opportunity to ask us questions, uh, and that they've been uh, received very, very well by our client base. Yeah, having seen the work that that Nick's team is doing, uh, and the and the people that we have on the ground in Eastern Europe are are, are doing, and 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 the information that they're providing, uh, I can tell you it's it's second to none, and it's really helping inform clients on the critical decisions they're making related to the protection and the safety of their people, their facilities, and their brand. The, the continuity and resiliency plans of even the most robust corporate partners are strained and they're being put to the test. And Jeff, as you mentioned in the introduction, those who are well-prepared, well-oiled, and, and pragmatically practiced uh, are faring better than, than, than others. Of course, we're helping our clients throughout you know, the various spectrum of preparedness. Um, but I can tell you the, the, the revenue loss and the reputation loss and all the things that we're trying to help protect our clients from is is being much more successful for, with those who uh, have the robust planning, have practiced their continuity and resiliency plans, 
and and use those plans in such a way that it's not necessarily checking a box or having a binder on the shelf that, yeah, right, we've we've got the continuity and resiliency plan, but it's those that have actually practiced it and, and put it to the stress test. So real kudos to Nick and his team for the work that they're doing on the ground, providing real actionable information, answering the compelling questions that our clients ask to inform their processes in the region. Um, and it really just highlights the need for for that robust continuity and continuity and resiliency planning. One of the clients we we did work with or are working with in Ukraine, uh, they approached us around their business continuity and resilience plan. So uh, they already had a very very basic plan, but it was it was nowhere near sufficient to support their organisation. So what we did working with that client is uh, developed a time frame of literally 10 days where we worked you know, 20 hours a day to hold uh, remote meetings with that client, uh, stakeholders within their business, uh, develop a business continuity plan. That's what can be delivered in that 10-day phase because we knew time was short potentially and that the uh, possibility of an invasion by Russia into Ukraine uh, was, was probably you know, not that far away. So we had to start, to start work dynamically to deliver that business continuity plan. And, and all kudos to the client. They've they shown sufficient foresight to engage us and to engage us to do this type of work at that time. Yeah, that foresight, Nick, I think is, is really important to highlight because we find throughout our, our, our client base and throughout those, those partners that we work with, some common themes throughout their resiliency and continuity planning. And, and, and many have the banner threats to continuity well covered. Um, but really, in, in this day and age, uh, it's incumbent uh, upon all of us in the security, in the safety, in the continuity and resiliency field to take a step back and really assess what are the unique potential threats to enterprise that we now need to plan for, whether it's threats to sovereignty, whether it's uh, threats of natural disaster in areas that that previously weren't as significantly impacted, whether it's you know denial of service uh, attacks or ransomware attacks or or a, a litany of other cyber related incidents, uh, it's really really important and incumbent upon us in the field, working with our partners and within our client base, working with the executives within their organizations to identify these new and emerging threats to business, threats to continuity, threats to resiliency. Uh, even just with the with with the with the decentralized nature of workforces because of the the global covid pandemic continuity and resiliency plans are stretched so thin there's clearly benefits to having that decentralized work from home hybrid work environment but there's also real stressors and and the continuity plan the resiliency plan that we have prepared if we don't dust it off from time to time and and look at it through the real time lens and the modern day lens we can be caught ill prepared and uh, you know it, it's being demonstrated here now those clients that have taken that proactive approach, that have engaged Nick and his his colleagues and 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 others throughout Kroll to take a look at these things, uh, are faring far better. Um, I can say that absolutely. Just to add to that, I think companies have put a lot of work in and a lot of preparation into managing the pandemic in the last couple of years, and now we've got the geopolitical risk. You know, a, a war footing in uh, a part of Europe. Two three years ago, no one would have foreseen them. Uh, issues as, as likely issues to to build their business resilience around. But so what we're now seeing is 
the things were, that were unlikely then, two or three years ago, are now, are now more likely. So this has to be redressed amongst many client organizations. They have to re- revisit their business resilience, business continuity plans, because things have changed and they will have to change their plans as well. Excellent point. Demonstrated acutely by ripple effects that we're seeing now too, as a result of the the violence in Ukraine and the disruption to food supply, a uh, critical supplier of of food for entire regions uh, and staple food items. You know, there's there, there there's these ripple effects when you have threats to sovereignty, when you have civil unrest, civil disobedience, when you have refugees in the millions fleeing a country. Of course, we could not have foreseen this years ago, but it's incumbent upon us to think about those ripple effects as well. Uh, Nick mentioned those partners in Eastern Europe regionally, but the ripple effects are being felt throughout the world uh, with supply chain disruptions, with displaced persons, with now uh, low-level civil disobedience and civil unrest as a result of food shortages and increases in crime as a result of food shortages. So it's it's really important to take, I won't say, maybe it's a creative look at continuity and resiliency, but it's, it's, it's learning from these experiences and learning what those other ripple effects might be and working that back into your business planning. So a business plan that is proactive, really adjustable on a given nature and ability to fluidly respond to the rather fluid threat nature of today's world is one that is going to be the most successful and the easiest to implement and oversee. Uh, When we really come down to what we're seeing with this in the world and the ability to prepare for the next big crisis, what are some key indicators that businesses should be aware of? We've already talked a little bit about the great need for information. Are there any others that we really should put at the forefront for people to monitor as they approach the next crisis? Well, I think we we should be looking uh, and, and advising clients to look at how their supply chain risk is impacted by what's going on with these events in Ukraine and elsewhere. Um, so that so that would be a key area I would say clients need to focus on. Certainly supply chain, certainly risk. Also assessing their ability with this new remote work, this new decentralized nature, while that plays, and I indicated that earlier, while it plays into continuity and resiliency, right? Having a decentralized workforce, uh, because then no one incident, no one event is is likely to disrupt an entire workforce. But what we've found is is sometimes critical functions are performed by a small group of people. Um, so it's taking a critical look at where those people are, uh, how reliant they are on on local infrastructure, and if there's a disruption to that local infrastructure, i.e., power, water, internet, uh, how devastating that could be to a business enterprise if those personnel are performing critical functions and we conduct the business impact analysis and we recognize that that their functions are so critical to the to the continuity of the organization uh, we need to think creatively on how to how to replicate duplicate or otherwise backstop what they're doing and we're learning that here in in real time and 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 if we if we don't capture these lessons learned uh, I fear we'll be in a no better place than 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 we were. So, you know, learning these lessons, applying them to future continuity and resiliency, and I can tell you that, you know, our global clients are feeling these pressures and 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 seeing them in various regions throughout the world. 
it, you know, it really helps us understand how major organizations are dealing with these problems globally and and frankly learning from one another one of the things i've been very impressed with over the last you know two and a half years is the resiliency and the creativity of us as a people and and our business partners um, i'm confident that there's there's not a a hurdle we can't clear but you have to have smart talented pragmatically thinking people applying their skills to these problems and I'll just go back onto that as well in terms of risk monitoring. You know, risk monitoring allows companies to quickly identify issues and risks that they can react to and anticipate. I think I mentioned this earlier in the podcast, but the, the risk monitoring aspect of understanding where the uh, areas of issue or areas of concern are going to impact your organization to have advanced notice of that by getting regular risk monitoring. That is a key element, I believe. Absolutely, Nick. And and you're seeing it yourself in, in this acute instance. There's no shortage of information, but highly curated, actionable, reliable information, separating out the noise from the actionable information that we can then provide to decision makers to ultimately make serious decisions about people, property, and reputation. That to me is, is the cornerstone of, of what we do. And without that highly curated, highly actionable information that you get from the field that you consolidate through through various collection mechanisms, some human, some technical, um, you know, without that information, we can't have confidence in the decisions we're making. So, so just to amplify what Nick said, being able to, to digest highly, highly actionable and curated information and being able to separate that information from noise, from disinformation campaigns, from trolling activities, you know, that to me in this day and age is is absolutely critical. And, and providing that information to decision makers is really the only way to make truly informed decisions on, on matters of, of life safety and security and, and brand reputation. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast and discussing this with us. Yep. Thanks for having me, having me on, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, I want to invite listeners to go to Kroll.com, where, where not only our individual business units, but also the Kroll Institute is putting out a lot of, a lot of good thought leadership and a lot of good content on, on the crisis in Ukraine, the ripple effects it's having across markets, and working, uh, again, through the Kroll Institute and our chief economist uh, and other experts within Kroll's ranks, um, you know, really putting out good content. So I invite our, our listeners to go to Kroll.com uh, and, and check out the material we're putting out on, on this Ukraine crisis. This has been episode 18 of Kroll Security Concepts Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, and remember to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. On our next episode, we're going to be covering port security, which has been a big topic around the Kroll offices these days. Mm-hmm.